Welcome back to BeYoungMinistry.com to another blog and to another podcast. Welcome to those who access the podcast through Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and Rumble. Today we continue in our study of Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 through 15, which reads, Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night, because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, The Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you. And I will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. That's Genesis chapter 28, verses 10 through 15. Today we continue our study of Genesis 28, which is an intense study of a man whose name means deceiver. His story gives us all hope. Because in a very real way, Jacob's story is our story. In today's passage, we find him on his own for the first time in his life. It had come time for him to find himself apart from his family. His situation required a change in his understanding of God. A change in his relationship with God. For all of his life, Yahweh the God of the Bible, had been the family God, but not Jacob's God. This was about to change, as God chose to initiate a relationship with the deceiver pretender. In verse 10 of today's passage, we read, Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. Jacob obeyed his parents, and he left Beersheba, which means well of the promise. Jacob went out on a promise toward Haran, which means to ignite. After Jacob left the presence of his family, he stumbled into the presence of God. Jacob left Beersheba, headed to Haran, looking for a wife. He was not looking for God, but God was looking for him. That was my story, and I bet... It was yours as well. The God of the Bible is a God who goes after sinners, not waiting for us to come to him. While traveling to Haran, God ignited Jacob's world, not because of Jacob's virtues. Although Jacob appeared to be virtuous, he had none. For the first time in his life, Jacob was on his own. He was a pretending and scheming thief of a man. On that night that Jacob went to sleep, he for the first time was truly blessed because he learned that night that God has never been defined by fallen man. 
Think of how small such a God would be to be at the mercy of man's performance. In time, Jacob would be God's man, only by God's grace. In verses 11 and 12 of today's passage, we read, So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night, because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. While Jacob was sleeping, a great ladder appeared between heaven and earth. Angels were going up and down the ladder. Before this night, Jacob had been dreaming that if only he could climb the ladder of success, he would make certain wonderful things happen in his life. So he climbed and he climbed, but his dreams always remained beyond his reach. In John chapter 1 and verse 51, we read, And he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Here the Lord Jesus is speaking with a man named Nathanael. The moment the Lord Jesus met Nathanael, he alluded to Jacob in the story of the latter. It was probable that Nathanael was reading the story of Jacob's ladder when the Lord Jesus saw him under the fig tree. When the Lord Jesus described Nathanael as an Israelite in whom there is no deceit, he was distinguishing Jacob and Nathanael. It was then that the Lord Jesus revealed that he was the ladder that Jacob saw in his dream. It is he, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the divine connection between heaven and earth, and Jacob's dream was a shadow of the Christ who came. In verse 13 of today's passage, we read, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. In this dream, Jacob was below God, and he wasn't even on the ladder. Jacob was not climbing the ladder. The angels were the ones going back and forth on the ladder. And in this dream from God, Jacob experienced something he had never experienced before. He received from God. It is hard for deceptive pretenders who strive for all they get to just receive. It is only by humbling ourselves before the Lord that we receive his grace. We could spend our fleeting years trying to achieve a life and exhaust ourselves to death. Or we can receive the life of blessing that the Lord desires to give us. If we make achieving our goal, our constant companion will be complaint because we will never achieve enough. But if we make receiving our goal, our constant companion will be gratitude. God has already made the choice to bless us. Now it is our time to receive from him his definition for our lives. In verses 14 and 15 of today's passage, we read, 
Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. And in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. When God first showed up in the life of this deceiver, this pretender, he didn't reprimand him. It was then that God made to Jacob three promises, a promise of the promised land, a promise of his presence, and a promise of protection. This would be the first time that God defined Jacob, and Jacob had a decision, because all of his life he had been defined by his wayward ideas about life. Like Jacob, we all have a twin who has defined us more than we ever knew. From the day we were born, we were measuring ourselves against some Esau, some standard of what we thought we should be. Esau wasn't just Jacob's older brother. He was the person Jacob thought he had to become before he would reach a meaningful life. For Jacob, this meant he was constantly evaluating his life by Esau's standards. And even though we do not literally have a twin, we struggle with the same psychological issues as Jacob. No matter what we do, it will never be good enough because we believe our Esau would have done it better. So we knock ourselves out trying to become some other person's definition for our lives. From this posture, no wonder Jacob was as deceptive and pretentious as he was. And we are no different than Jacob. Our problem is, like Jacob, we do not know what the blessing truly is. As a result of Jacob's deception, he had to run away from home because his brother was so angry that he wanted to kill him. But of course, Jacob had been hustling and pretending his whole life. And now as he ran away from the inheritance he hustled from his brother, he was led to the place of this dream. This was different from any other dream that Jacob had ever had because this dream revealed God to Jacob. In his first real encounter with God, God came down to Jacob's level and he said to Jacob, I am with you. At that moment, God enrolled Jacob into his course on grace. Grace is always uncaused by the recipient. Its cause lies totally in the giver. Grace is always sovereign, not having debts to pay or fulfilled conditions to wait for. It can act toward whom and how it pleases. Grace can, and often does, place the worst in its highest of favor. Grace cannot act where there is ability. Grace does not help. Grace is absolute. Grace measures up on the behalf of its humbled recipient. Grace does all that is required. There being no cause in the creature why grace should be shown, the creature must be brought down from trying to give cause to God for his grace.
grace once bestowed upon us is not withdrawn. And the posture of the man being bolstered by God's grace is that of faith. To believe and to consent to be loved even though he knows for sure that he is unworthy of it. My friends, I trust this blog and this podcast are helping you in your walk with the Lord. If I can be of further assistance to you, shoot me an email at beyoungministry at gmail.com. Hey, have a great day.